Welcome to the Logcast, season two, episode forty-eight, I believe, this week. I uh, think I'm that's your right. host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Jeffrey Perez, and I'm joined, as always, by Captain David Jones. Ahoy there, Ahoy. matey. Arr. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Been awesome. uh, snowed in the last three days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You people in Oregon don't know how to deal with snow. They they don't. There's no <laughs> there's no infrastructure set up to deal with this. There's no like plows or salt trucks or whatever. Uh, yeah, I know. Like it must be a nightmare. And it's like I had like a foot of snow on my car like last <laughs> weekend, and it didn't really affect me too much. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Just gotta brush it off and get yeah, out. We got we got two inches of snow, and it shut down the whole city. <laughs> there was. <laughs> Hundreds, I think, of abandoned cars on all the highways. The, oh the nightly commutes were up over like 230 minutes. <laughs> like, That's insane. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, oh, it was. It was so stupid. City um, really then, needs to invest in like you know because it's it's going to happen eventually. Why not invest in some snowplows and stuff? I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a couple, but yeah, not enough to yeah. not enough to handle the whole city. It was it was a nightmare this week. Just, yeah, well, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's snow happens. Yep. So it's really uncommon for here. So I guess that's why they haven't invested. But yeah, I know it's I, happened twice in the last week. I know that's um when I I used to live in Washington, so you know mm-hmm. it, it didn't happen much over there. But I remember like after I moved away, it like started happening, and I'm like, oh. Interesting. I mean, that's something yeah. that seems to be happening more now. Maybe they should start preparing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? So, anyway, uh, big big week for news for us this week. Oh, yeah. That's new Star Wars movie. Oh, wait. No, we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still haven't seen it. In, I'm, in, I'm, I'm seeing in it in a few hours. Oh, after man. this and I'm, I'm i'm trying to think about things that are not that but it's really hard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i will say that i've seen mostly positive things about it so yeah that's that's good very excite very very excite um but no the big news for us this week i think the biggest news was out of uh, platonic they finally gave us a release date for ukulele April 11th, 2017. So, circle yes. your calendars. It's so bizarre. It doesn't seem like that long ago that, you know, ukulele became just a thing. Right. Yeah. And that's a, such project. a fast turnaround. It's very impressive. Yeah. For for a good 3D platform, well, we don't know that as good, but I mean, we can assume uh, to be made in basically two years. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. I wonder when the rewards are going to start going out for that. The mentions. It's only a few months away. Well, a few, I guess, like four. Oh, the back. <coughs> excuse me. The backer. Yep. The backer rewards. Yeah. What all did you get with yours? Um, I believe I'm getting a soundtrack, a T-shirt, nice. and a boxed PC copy of the game. Very nice. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet. Yep. Um, prob- yeah, I didn't, uh... probably gonna stick with the Xbox digital code, and then just mm-hmm. get a physical. I don't know. Like, part of me wants to have the physical Xbox copy just to have it, so I haven't made up my mind if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna switch to physical because I don't think they've changed. I haven't looked, but I don't remember them annou- announcing that that's now an option to switch to physical. Because I thought they said they were going to make that option. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know that they've done it yet, but I think they did say they were going to make that a, a, an option for the the console releases. Right. Because um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm torn because I know I'm going to get a physical copy of. Well, actually, that goes into our next bit of news. Yeah, we should talk about that first. <laughs> yes, we, we should. This is probably the the bigger news. I don't know. Yes, that, um, equally as big news as the release date. Yeah, the Wii U version has been canceled. 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 I'm very sorry for you people who only own a Switch and uh, do not have a computer. Who only own a Wii U. Yeah. Who, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Only. I, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I don't feel sorry for you who only own a Switch. <laughs> I want to be your friend and come play it. Yes. And where did you get one? And why aren't you in jail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for who only own a Wii U. Yeah. Um, you guys might be a little out of luck because if you don't have. Uh, computer that can run it or another console or are planning to purchase a nintendo switch because yeah. it's coming to switch yes, they did they did also announce that, that yes they're working with nintendo to try and make a switch version I, I think we were talking about this before the show but they worded it as such that they didn't officially officially confirm it but said that they're working towards yeah. it so if Nintendo's involved, I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's coming. They, they've they've got contacts there. I'm sure that they kind of Pers- have been in contact with them all along. Personally, I think they're just keeping mum on the on it, kind of until uh, after the Switch presentation. That yeah, that's yeah. probably part of it. <laughs> but I like, think... I wouldn't be surprised if in the, the Nintendo Switch sizzle reel we see ukulele right in there. So that would be that would yeah. be sweet. That would I'm be really hoping. cool. Um. But yeah, uh, that was kind of the the big news this week. There was not too much new news on Sea of Thieves from Rare, but uh, they did officially start their alpha this weekend. Um, so for those of you, if any of you who are listening are in that, we hope that you're enjoying it and that it's as fun as it was for me when I played it back in May. Yep. Congratulations, all you people that I am jealous of. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Congrats! Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's a pretty exciting thing. It's a pretty big thing for Rare. You know, this is obviously the earliest they've ever let the public play one of their projects, oh. and it's cool that they're really taking the feedback from the crowd to heart and, and using it, and you know, getting all the data from these sessions to help make the game better. I think it's really cool that they have the opportunity to do it, and that they're willing and really into it. Like they've got a good system set up, so. right? I feel like it's do it. also really unusual for a game to have any type of beta or alpha that the public participates in when there's no release date set yet. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, that's exactly like to, to do it this early that they don't even know a release date. Mm-hmm. They don't even know how far away they are from getting it to the, the state that they want it to put it right. on sale. I remember Halo 5 did a really early one, but I think at that point there was at least, like, everyone knew when it was coming out. It was just really in advance. But here it's like, we don't even know for sure when it's coming out. Here you go, guys. Here's an alpha. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, the the fact that it's an alpha, not a beta, like, it's not even, you know, from what they showed in their um, YouTube trailer of it, it's, it's, there's not much to it. It's the canon battles that they showed off at E3 and Gamescom, mm-hmm. and then they added in treasure hunting and a couple other minor things. You know, it's not... It doesn't look like it's a full 
a full game as as much as it is what they're calling it a technical alpha. So right. it's pretty cool. Awesome. Yep. Yep. So, um, so, what was the last thing? Oh, the Nintendo Switch patent dump that was posted yeah. online yesterday. Um, few, few, somewhat juiciest things in there. Maybe. I mean, they're patents, Possibly. but um, I think why people are a little bit more excited about the these patents is that they're they're so incredibly detailed. So they look mm-hmm. to be something that you know patents of things that are probably at very least prototyped right. most of it already was exactly the stuff that we saw in the you know in the trailers really right. for it and just I, more i think the go ahead the big thing sorry uh i think the big thing is that like you said that they are of the switch and they, they visually match it because mm-hmm. so many of the other patents that have been filed especially prior to the announcement they just looked obscure and weird oh yeah these these are the switch yeah and they are variables of it and different yeah um, controller I mean, configurations which is yeah yeah um there was that that was the i think the main new thing in here was well one there was i think the first one i saw was like i try to describe it but he's like holding this the joy con controller in that kind of unexpected way almost like it was a weapon kind of yeah yeah kind of like you're holding the the handle of a pistol without the you know like the barrel mm-hmm. of the gun that was interesting. So it's almost I like that was cool. Yeah. Hey, maybe there's a, which is interesting because the IR pointer is supposedly on the bottom. So right. I'm wondering if work? it's more like a um, like a Wii Motion Plus mm-hmm. thing where it can it can, you know full gyroscope, kind of like VR controllers. Mm-hmm. I believe the patents show some evidence of motion controls in there as well. Yeah, I think yeah. that that was confirmed. A, I mean, it was. It wasn't, I, I think I it was heavily it. rumored, but there seems to be like a lot of the stuff that was in the rumors seems to be fairly confirmed by um, yeah. these patents. Because like these are really detailed patents. I mean, there's even like a patent for like the, you know the part of the switch dock that clicks into you know mm. the console mm-hmm. itself. This is like all the little tiny mechanical things that actually make it work. Right. So. Um, definitely interesting to look at and there's definitely even if these things aren't in production it's obvious that these might be you know at least prototyped mm-hmm. and um okay the next thing um is the um different joy con button configurations which yeah that was interesting that, yeah that there might be multiple versions of the joy con sold which i think we all kind of speculated on because you know with, with yeah. all the virtual console games out there wouldn't it be kind of cool if you had like different different edges to put on your your switch based on what classic game you're you're uh, participating in mm-hmm. um there was only two variants shown that we hadn't seen before and they were basically just putting a physical d-pad on the joy con but in place of different things so one of them had the buttons, the standard, you know, buttons missing from the left-hand Joy-Con and replaced with a D-pad. And one kept the buttons, took the analog stick off, and replaced it with a D-pad. Yeah. So part so, of me thinks that probably only one of those would actually be produced, maybe. Maybe they're trying to think mm-hmm. of a, of which one would work better for most yeah. games. And then they'll the be one like, with the D-pad and the four buttons would most closely resemble a super nintendo controller right. so it could be for that you know virtual console like you were saying mm-hmm. right yeah just some because i think there's going to be demand to have a d-pad right on the switch for some games so i wouldn't be surprised if they do offer some kind of um you know 
accessory Joy-Con so that you don't have to, you know, bring the Pro Controller with you everywhere you go if you want that. Right. So. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if those make it to production yeah. or if those are just. And I would absolutely love to see yeah. some Nintendo 64 and GameCube add-ons as well. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was also two different shells besides the infamous dog face shell for the joy cons yeah um, i was slightly confused by them because one of them seems to have them like a like an angle kind of and i'm not sure the point of it but yeah I'm, that one was interesting and i don't know if that was just to cover all bases or or what but you know it yeah it, it looked more almost like a playstation controller just the way the, right. the two joy cons were kind of angled out like a PlayStation controller mm-hmm. handles. Um, so, I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure. I mean, there, there could be a particular game, like, that I have that in mind for. Because that makes me yeah. think of, like, you know, how the Wii had, like, the steering wheel for Mario Kart and stuff. There might be certain games that, like, hey, maybe a certain shell would be better for, you know, this yeah. particular game. Or just player preference. Who player knows? Preference. Yeah. It, you know, exactly. just to have the option. Um, I think the final thing was probably... Don't, not sure if this is actually VR or what it is, but it almost looks like the Switch is being placed in some kind of device with eye holes on it. Yeah, it, it looked like a like a Galaxy Gear or a yeah. cardboard. Like it this was one appeared to be the most pretty... abstract out of them, so it makes me think it's you know less something they're only thinking about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I was thinking it's probably something that they investigated, felt that they should patent, even though. I don't know how they could patent that because that's, that's right. The, the uh, Galaxy yeah, VR is, but it doesn't cl- contain like all the crazy technical details that most of the other ones done. It's just like right. It looks more like, hey, look, you could put the switch in a VR device, and that's a thing that we might want to do at some point. Though I'm not sure how well that would work with a 720 screen. Right, I can't imagine that would work <laughs> at all because those pixels would be giant. But. Um, well, who knows? Nintendo could be really yeah. creative with it. Like, I imagine, I don't know, maybe if you had a way to keep it farther away from your eyes. It, yeah, or just different lenses that don't zoom it so much. It yeah. maybe pass it through a couple lenses so that it is bigger, but not. I don't know. Yeah, that, that wouldn't really. I work. mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, Nintendo's creative with stuff like that, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that it, they might have a way to work it in the future if they're interested. Part of me, I doesn't think that Switch VR will really be a thing for a while, yeah. if ever. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be like a a, a Gen two update, yeah. kind of like an Xbox One S or PlayStation Pro, mm-hmm. higher specs, higher resolution screen, same system, maybe down the road. I don't know. Yep. Seems yeah. to be all the rage, and Nintendo has definitely done it with the 3DS, so it's not mm-hmm. unheard of for them to do that. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Very will indeed. Yes. So I think that does it for the news. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. A little bit longer this week, but uh, we can move on to part three of our perfect dark spotlight. <laughs> yeah. We. This is really kind of took a lot more time than initially thought. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I didn't think we'd spend as much time as we did on on the levels, but uh, I believe where so we last awesome. left, we had left the deep sea and we're moving towards the Carrington Institute defense level. Yep. I, I've always often wondered with this level, because it takes place in the same, you know, hub overworld, like which came first. Mm-hmm. If they did this level, I'm like, hey, we just made the character Institute. Wouldn't it be cool if you walked around? Or if they're like, oh, we made this hub level. We need an extra level in Perfect Dark. Let's turn it into an action level. 
Yeah, I've always wondered that. And I, you know, it, it, I've always been curious, and you know, they probably. My guess is that they did the kind of the UI first, where the you know the single player mm-hmm. menus and training level, and then maybe expanded that, like right. kind of had a a core small level, and then we're like, well, this would be kind of cool to be able to play in it. So let's make it into a level, and they fleshed it out right. a little bit. Yeah, this would be kind of an interesting thing to learn the kind of development of that. If like whatever was more basic because they turned it into a level, it actually got better, right? Or you know, but all going to be dependent on which came first. But it's pretty Stay cool. Stay tuned in the future for an interview with someone from the Perfect Dark team. Yes, ne- next time you're just hanging out at Rare Jeff. Uh, let's see if you can yeah. find anyone there. I'll start asking. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I think this is a pretty neat level, um, especially because you're already familiar with the Character Institute from exactly. the Overworld. And then all of a it, sudden, there's these Skidar crashing through the walls. And yep, I, I always really love this level, and like you said, because of the familiarity. And I had, I had played through the tutorial a lot before I got this far into the single player mm-hmm. mission, so it was a really cool surprise to see like, oh, you're actually playing in the level, and it's under attack. It was really cool. And you get the RCP120. Yes. Which is one of my favorite Why? guns in the game. <laughs> Why do 90 when you can do 120? Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet gun. Um, we'll, we'll talk... I don't know if we want to talk a little bit about it right this second or down the road. but I don't know. It um, cloaks you. It's like the RCP-90 except it cloaks. There you go. Right. Yeah. And I, To me, I never quite liked it as... I don't like the, the feel or the, the sound of it as much as the RCP-90. I feel like the RCP-90 right. felt like... Like, holy crap, this is a major, powerful, and fast-shooting gun. Their CP-120 is more of, like, right. slow and steady, and it has 120 bullets instead of 90. Yo, I think I agree with you. The RCP-90 is my favorite from GoldenEye. Oh, uh, fun fact. RCP, yes. RC Pro-Ram, that's what it's from. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, the sense. real gun is the P-90. That's the real-world gun that it was based off of. It's just called the P-90 in real world. But they... Nice. Yeah, they was like, hey, we do RC program. What if we called it an RC P90? <laughs> Classic rare. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of a joke. Um, cool. Yeah. A, a lot of the gun names in GoldenEye were almost like clever jokes. Yeah. yeah. Go- and, and in this one, I think, a little bit. Yeah. But maybe not as much. These ones are more normal, like Phoenix and stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of it was because they weren't based. They were not really as, as heavily based on real weapons yeah. like in GoldenEye. Futuristic. Yeah, that's a good point. So they could... Yeah, kind of make jokes on the first one with it. Yeah. <laughs> like the clob. So, yeah, <laughs> the classic clob. Yeah, which is um, supposed to be the spider, which was based off a real gun called the scorpion. Gotcha. So. I had to change. Did they change the name or they just dropped the gun? No, that's in the game. It's the clob. But oh, it used okay. to, that's oh, where it's called the spider. I think it's called, isn't it called like the spider in the uh, instruction manual? I believe something referred to it as the spider. And yeah, I spent yeah. Half of my childhood trying to find it. Allegedly, you could find <coughs> it in the control level, and no, you can't. No, yeah, <laughs> no. It, it's literally just the glob. If you look yeah. at the scorpion gun that it's based off of in real life, it's exactly the same. If you've, gotcha. if you've ever played the modern warfare games, you pick up a scorpion. It looks exactly like a glob. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I've never noticed that, but yep. Um, yeah. Before stop and swap, that was the rare mythical easter egg that i never found that i spent my whole <laughs> summer looking for back in i guess it would have been yeah but yeah line mode i think was like the mythical one for me do you remember that no 
You can actually get it with the push button code. It turns everything into a wireframe. <laughs> oh, interesting. It was like the missing cheat option that yeah. everyone's convinced you could get in the game, and you actually could via one of those crazy long push button codes. And nice. Yeah, people did it with like Game Shark for a while, but yeah, sadly, I, say, I remember playing it in that mode. I must because I had a Game Shark, but yeah. Yeah, sadly, I don't think there's any way outside of a Game Shark to get to the boomered uh, island off the dam. Right, yeah, and that <laughs> never really amounted to anything when people finally got it. It was just kind of a half-built, meant-to-be-in-the-distance type of thing. Right. Yep. But yeah, I remember my friend and I, we spent a lot of time in GoldenEye trying to find <laughs> all these all these different Easter eggs. The island and the spider and all that good stuff. But uh, back to Perfect Dark. Yeah. Institute <laughs> level. Um, so you level. start off coming in the... the Carrington Institute's under attack. Um, I think it starts with a cutscene of Joanna and uh, Daniel Carrington about to head off to, I think it's like a, a dinner gala with uh, the president or something like mm-hmm. that to be honored for rescuing him. Yes, yeah, so you're and wearing then, this big, like, I don't know what the name of this type of dress would be. I'm always terrible at identifying types of dresses. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like a, yeah, I nearly called it an evening gown. I realized that's not what that is length. at all. No, no. It's, it's like a full length. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of dragging, which um, quick go wake your wife up. Interviews they said was based on something from uh, Killer Instinct. Ah, did not know that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's got yep. kind of like a dragon on it. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's a really cool outfit. It's like mm-hmm. my favorite outfit of Joanna's in the game. I just think it looks cool. Yep. Um. Anyway, so you attacked by the Skadar uh, as they're boarding their their ship to go to the dinner or whatever and um did i guess they get carrington or something i don't know but um joanna has to jump into action and so you head up and uh you have to go around in the beginning of the mission and just kind of free your co-workers mm-hmm. from the skedar so you kind of go room to room and it's like the hostage situation it's kind of like the um frigate in Goldeneye, when you, you yep. gotta go and shoot the bad guy within a second or two, or else they execute the hostage. Yep. Except now it's all those annoying people in the hub world that you wish you could have shot previously, <laughs> but now you when can. you didn't have a gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that guy? It's the guy that uh, Steve Malpass voices. What's his name? The techie, nerdy guy. Oh, I forgot that he had a name. I know who you're talking he about. Does. Though. He's really yeah. obnoxious. It's. Uh, it doesn't matter. He's. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one I always shoot. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and then kind of that's the first half of the level, and then the second half of the level, the Skedar plant a bomb on something, and you have to basically go yep. defuse it. And isn't there like like a hole kind of in the wall that you can go through? Am I completely? Is that um, how the Skedar get in? How did the Skedar get in? They blow the front doors open, uh, and then they okay. kind of just are showing up from everywhere. I could have sworn that there was like a visual hole in the wall you could see, but I might be wrong. I'll have to play um, Not that I can recall. Okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. You're right. Well, Probably. I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. We'll have to relook later. <laughs> yeah. And see. Um, but yeah, there's uh, as far as the... Um, that's kind of the main objectives on Agent and then... Or whatever, but then... Uh, yeah, it is Agent. And then special agent, they have you reactivating an automatic defense, which is a new objective. And 
Oh, it, one of the objectives is actually to retrieve the RCP-120. That's in the, the main objectives, mm -hmm. which is cool because you start out with, um, I think you start out with an AR-34, which is, again, a cool gun. Still, in my opinion, not as cool as the AR-33 from GoldenEye, but it's it's okay. It's got some good punch to yeah. it. Yeah. Here's one thing I will say about, about Mad GoldenEye over Perfect Dark, because I do think I do enjoy the guns in GoldenEye better. Yeah, I, for the most part. Like, the ones that have counterparts in Perfect Dark, I like the GoldenEye ones better, but I really like some of the more yeah. weird, wacky ones. Like, I really like the Farsight and the Phoenix and the Cyclone and stuff. There is definitely some cool guns. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong, the gun design is really good in both of them. Right, but and then the, the the secondary feature really adds a lot to this game. Yeah, I think in some ways I just always prefer more um, in shooting games, more realistic weapons. But that being said, Perfect Dark does futuristic guns probably better than any other shooter that's tried to do futuristic kinda, guns. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. I, I feel like they really understood them and were very creative with kind of naturalistic yeah because it's like futuristic. most futuristic guns just seem completely silly they all look over designed and don't seem yeah. like any bearing in that these would actually exist in reality mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's what i've always hated about futuristic shooters is that they just you you lose something when you go to like these guns that all look like they were created in an art department right <laughs> yeah. yeah it just doesn't seem they don't seem practical or real but perfect no. dark does a very good job i think of making guns you have never seen before that feels like they could exist and right. they only and get like really weird with the alien and ones and then the design yeah. is so outlandish that they almost seems plausible you know right <laughs> yeah i mean the closest comparison for me is like halo and yeah I, halo I just, does a good I, job with that too. i like the alien guns in perfect dark a lot better than the halo yeah. ones though i i am partial to the needler i do enjoy the needler quite a bit see that's one of the ones i was thinking of it's like that's just dumb <laughs> But like, it's, no. it's a cool gun. It's fun to shoot, definitely. But, like, as far as, like, would an alien race have a gun like that? I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas maybe. I could totally see an alien race having, like, a Farsight or the Phoenix or whatever. That's true. But the Maulers are awesome as well. Yeah. Dual-wielding yeah. the Maulers multiplayer. And the, um, the oh, Reaper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> Reaper. Basically a chain gun. I love it. Especially because it's, like, part, like, grinder, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> cool gun. <laughs> oh, man. Um. So yeah, at the end of this mission, um, basically the skater get Joanna kind of as she's trying to escape. Um, and rather than all of the other missions where when it ends, you kind of get the um, upbeat music, mission completed and all that. It kind of is this like solemn, low key music. And instead of like the green, you pass the mission. It's like gray agent mm -hmm. status unknown. It's, it was it was kind of alarming to like, oh, I didn't fail the mission, but we don't know what's happened to our main character. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. To kind of take that into the UI and into the menus and stuff. And then, yeah. And then the next level starts. The, yeah. The, not, not my favorite level. This level. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I don't even know how many hours I spent trying to beat this level in perfect agent. It is. It's hard. It is so it's hard. It's huge. And it's, Confusing. Yeah, maybe it would be yeah. easy. I'd be curious. I haven't played through this again on and at the higher difficulty levels on the 360 version, so I'm curious if it would be as hard for me now as it was then. But yeah, maybe maybe not quite. But yeah, I remember just going over and over again on this level, and it was like every single thing you had to do perfectly. Like Skidar mm -hmm. could like kill you in practically one hit, and you have like what you start mm -hmm. with like a knife, right? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I almost feel like you start unarmed and you have to like go punch him or something. Yeah, you start in a jail cell with um, Cassandra DeVries, who I guess we never named by name, but she's the um, she's the data dying CEO who you kind of interact with in the first couple of missions, um, kind of your enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start in a jail cell with her. She sacrifices herself for Joanna, which I think was very interesting character development because. You would almost think like, oh, why would why would she do that? But you're you're on this alien spaceship out in outer space, and this lady has been betrayed by this alien race that she thought was her ally, and so I think she just kind of thinks, I've got nothing to lose. I'm gonna die up here. I might as well see if I can help this young lady, you know, bring them down. So she creates a diversion and sacrifices herself so that you can escape and um, get out of your your jail cell, essentially. Right. Yep. Greater um, good of the human race. So yeah, you have to go basically <laughs> punch one of these skater things to death and then get a gun and then kill the other one or two of them in your oh. cell. I know there was a knife involved. Yeah, maybe it was like you pick it up. Because I'm pretty sure that's the only way you can kill it at the higher difficulty levels is to take it out with Probably. a knife. Yeah. Then you have, to be, you have to be really quick and really good with it though or you know it kills yep. you. And then you yeah. get from a gun from there you have like... I don't even think you have that much ammo in the gun if I remember right. Yeah, I remember... It's like a mauler, and so you're basically... You have to make sure that your shots count, because if they shoot you, you're pretty much screwed. Even hit you once. So you got to know where every Skeetar is. Mm -hmm. Open up a door, already have your crosshairs where it needs to be, and then just blast them with a mauler before they can get off a shot. Right. And And then you head up into like a hangar area, mm -hmm. and there's just a crap ton of them up there. Oh, yeah. You're either waiting for Elvis or trying to find him or something like that. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) It's a pain. It's a pain. But I eventually triumphed. I think I yeah. was too, for like doing it over and over again for like two or three hours, but I did eventually yeah. fail on Perfect it, Agent. It's it a was... really long level, and it's yeah, like you said, it's really difficult. The skidar take way more bullets to kill. And so, um, yeah. So so you have to, uh, looking through the, the um, objectives, you have to disable a shield system, I think, so that Elvis can get in. You have to access the navigation systems so that you know where the coordinates of the planet are so you can send a distress beacon to the Mayans or something. And then mm-hmm. um, the hardest part is gain control of the bridge. Yes. And that's kind of, it's like a mini boss battle um, without bosses, more like a bunch of minions. But you, I mean, after fighting your way through this ship that's full of these creatures, you then have to hold down and defend an area as they send a, a wave tons of waves of them at you and it's it's pretty tricky pretty tough yeah a little uh, bit to I say think, the least i think there's a little bit of luck involved a little bit of luck yeah so i think um, when i find it, it took me a long time to get to that point but i think it was yeah. either my second or f- even or even maybe my first time that i did do it but it was like oh my god i've just been doing this for hours and hours I finally made it to the end, and now they're giving me a, a swarm of guys that I just spent hours meticulously taking out throughout the rest of the level, and now there's like 20 of them coming in. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, I, I, I remember beating it and feel like, oh, I really just got lucky with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a tough level, and it's very, um, it's very sprawling, I guess. Oh, yeah. Even though you're inside the ship, it's, it's, uh, a lot of levels uh, like uh, you know going up ramps and stuff and just it's easy to get lost so mm-hmm. makes it a little tricky if you don't know your way indeed but 
Yeah. Eventually you, you take the bridge and so that takes you to the final official level. Um, you land on the Skedar home planet um, with Elvis and yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's the conf- That's the conf- final confrontation. I think, I feel like relatively speaking, this is a pretty short level. It, it really right. is, yeah. You yeah. you kind of you have really? a radar thing with these targets you need to like mark, and they're random every time you play it. Yeah, so well, you can't just like memorize it. There's, random to an extent, like there's right? There's like six certain, of them or something. Yeah. But yeah, so it's going to be you know in one of those six locations, but yeah, right. or three of those six locations. I think you have to place three yeah, trackers, three. but yeah, it it changes pretty much every time you play it. So you can't just like memorize this, and this probably is a pain in the ass for speedrunners because. They can't just, you know, memorize a path. Mm-hmm. I imagine if you get really good at it, though, you can just look on your radar to see right. how far the distance see where the dots of them are, are yeah. and just immediately know where each one is. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, even so, like, it could be that the three farthest yeah. ones, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, you you hope it's going to be these specific three. But, yeah. Right. Um, you mark them, and then once you mark the third one, the man's allegedly they're bombing them they really just blow up there's not any sort of implication that something's shooting it from the sky but it's right the, i honestly supposed to be happening used to think that they were remote mines when i wasn't paying attention to the story i thought right. i was just blowing up things for no reason yeah <laughs> um what you do find out is that this race of aliens is like essentially religious fanatics um because you're you're basically identifying temple targets hmm. interesting um, See, so you pay so much more attention to the lore than I do, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I. Like I, I said, took it I as I'm blowing up thought. things because <laughs> reasons, and then I'm killing the queen. That's what I got out of the whole level. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I said, I, I was really into this plot as a kid for whatever reason, right. and I and I don't usually like sci-fi alien plots. I don't know why this one stuck out to me, but it did. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good one of my favorite games of all time. But for every reason, I never got into the lore. I just love the gameplay aspects of it so much. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, that, after you blow up the targets, your next objective really is to just go. Um, I guess you, you have to open or you have to activate kind of this like holographic bridge that gets into like their inner sanctum. Um, it's not too hard. It's a little push push a little key onto a specific thing in the ground and mm-hmm. then an invisible bridge appears. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, very sci-fi. So then you kind of navigate through there. There's a bunch of skedar and, uh, you then go take out the leader. So, um, yep. and, and that's it. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit about the boss battle cause it's a little bit unique cause you, yeah. you're like, just, there's like this thing, um, was like crystally thing above the Skidar Queen's head. It's yeah, it's another one of their kind of religious symbol thingies. Yeah. Yeah, and you're actually shooting that to break it. bits off that then fall and hurt the right. Skidar Queen. It's kind of unique, I thought. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool because it's like, especially the first time you play it, you just shoot the boss and its shield goes down, and then as soon as its shield reaches like green from because like red being or. I think it's green is the most high. And then when it reaches red, it regenerates and you just keep doing that. And you, th- you think you're doing damage and you're really not. And then you realize that you have to shoot, like you said, that kind of big symbol thing mm-hmm. behind it. 
And each time you break off kind of like a piece of it, and then, like you said, the very final piece uh, impales the leader through the face. So that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty sweet. Yep. And yeah, then that's mm-hmm. it. That's, yeah, that's Elvis it. and Joanna that's sail off into the sunset holding hands. More or less. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the game. And you get the kind of the really cool um, Perfect Dark theme the electric guitar from Grant Kirkhope um, for the credits music. Interestingly yep. enough, this, the credits in this one were the first time I ever noticed um, Rare Miami as a place. And uh, at the time, my dad lived in Miami and I used to go visit every summer. And so I like looked up where Rare Miami was and like was trying to figure out how to go visit it and <laughs> see if there was like internship opportunities. Like, I was really looking into it at the time. Um, these are the Joel Hochberg and his family, I guess, ran it. They, they had kind of partnered with the Stampers. Um, they're the ones that kind of put out and produced the uh, the arcade machines. Okay. But they were arcade uh, gurus themselves. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But the, it, unfortunately, they kind of shut down um, right after the buyout. So, like, Perfect Dark came out in 2000. The buyout was in 2002. So, by 2003, they were already either shut down or shutting down. Um, so, it was, uh, I graduated high school in 04. So, I never really had an opportunity to go meet them or anything, unfortunately. Because they're... Their office wasn't really that far from my dad's house. It was just down the highway. So, too bad. <laughs> eh, it happens. Yeah, yeah. Miss an opportunity <laughs> to be really creepy. Creepy or ambitious. Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one man stalker is another man's ambitious person. Hey, I kept at it for another <laughs> 15 years and eventually got to go visit the real headquarters. There <laughs> so, you I go. guess it paid off in some there way. There you go. Congratulations. Yeah. Rare fanatic. Rare fanatic. That is my moniker. Very appropriate Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah. Um So we okay. touched briefly on the secret levels. Yeah, so I, after you beat all the missions you, you unlock a series of secret level up to four of them. Yep. And Yep, the first one is called Mr. Blonde's Revenge, and it uh, it's sort of a a side mission of the the data dying thing with Cassandra, and um, basically this is what happens right before the Carrington, or it's like probably what's happening at the exact same time as the Carrington Institute level, mm-hmm. plot wise. Um, so it's all these Mr. Blonde characters are just Skadar um, troops in human humanoid form, human skin. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and you play as Mr. Blonde, uh, basically, to go and kidnap Cassandra DeVries from Datadyne and take her to her prison cell. Yep. Where she meets up with Joanna. So, um, it, All it ties takes place, together. Yeah. takes place in the first level, um, but you start in the lobby and basically massacre your way up to the top rather than being dropped at the top and working your way down. So, um, pretty cool, fun mission, cool take to, to play as a bad guy. And yeah, that's about it. I'm sure there must be harder objectives. I've only ever played it, I think, on regular. Let's see. Locate and escort Cassandra to helipad. Plant explosive in lab. Locate, escort Cassandra. Plant explosive. Eliminate captain and locate. Okay, yeah, so they just add in a couple different extra objectives. Right. Yep. Cool. And then Mayan SOS. I don't remember this one nearly as much, but I remember you do play as Elvis. 
Yeah, I don't remember this one at all. Because you never got to it. <laughs> yeah, that must be it. <laughs> um, well, okay, actually, so this looks like it takes place... I know it takes place in the G5 building, but I can't remember, you know, story-wise, why well, you're playing as Elvis. No, it, it doesn't It doesn't play, take place in the G5. This takes place in Area 51, um, based on the screenshots I'm looking at. Um, yeah, I guess he plays Elvis, so this must be what's happening while Joanna's in the G5 building. Oh, okay. Um, my guess is this is, like, after Elvis crash lands in Area 51, he might, like, wake up and um, kind of wreak havoc in the lab area. So this is kind of the, the second half of the um, Area 51 levels. The, the second and third level take place in this area. Um, your objectives, sabotage enemy medical... Activated distress signal. That's the one that leads Joanna right. to you. And then um, destroy the saucer. That's weird. I thought that the saucer was fine <laughs> from later I on. I don't know. It's, I've never beat that level in anything higher than agent. Like that okay. was where I was stuck. Gotcha. Uh, I, I tried numerous times to beat it even on just secret or special agent and I never could do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did. I did manage to unlock it, and as well as unlock the next level you get for completing the whole game on Perfect Agent. Um, which is? Which is war. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this is pretty much you kill the bunch of Skeeter Kings in Interesting. a row. Higher difficulty levels, I believe you kill more of them. Yeah, it's two on... Yeah. special and three on yep. perfect. So That's basically you're just an I can't remember if you're Elvis or if you're just a random mine, but you're basically you have a whole bunch of mines at your back. I think they keep regenerating too and you have to fight your way through to get the Skeeter Kings and there's a whole bunch of skiers that keep regenerating. Gotcha. Just keep trying to push forward and it is really hard on higher difficulty it levels. Looks like it, yeah. Another so one I have be plot wise right before Joanna gets there and she kills like the final fourth king, yeah. I guess. It's weird that there's multiple. Well, I guess it's not that Perhaps. weird. There's multiple kings. There was multiple kings on the planet Earth. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it yeah. If we're comparing the Skedar to a cult, it'd be kind of like just lower, like the final king being the <sighs> leader, and then these ones being like lieutenants. So, makes sense. And the only other secret mission is the duel, which you get the by duel. completing all the Carrington Institute training scenarios. Okay, that's why I had this one. Yeah, I definitely yep. got this one and beat this one on, I think, yeah, no, I did beat it on Perfect Agent, because the first one, all you got to do is beat a Data Dying Guard, and then, yep. um, it and is then Jonathan, which is weird. An interesting level. You are in uh, the... Uh, the virtual training lab within the Carrington Institute, the one where you kind of do some of the movement mm-hmm. training. Um, and yeah, you first you need to beat a Data Dine Guard, then Jonathan Dark, and then Trent Easton, one of the bad guys in the game. So, um, you have different we- weapons? No, or you just have your pistol, but you start in different locations, I think might be it. Yep. Um, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember this one being like insanely hard like the other yeah. ones. Yeah, <laughs> the the last one, it, it's the last one's a little tricky, but it's not undoable. So, yeah. Sure. So that's all the single player levels, and we've got about fifteen minutes to kind of discuss multiplayer and anything else. Yes, because we are not doing a part four. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no reason to. <laughs> um. So yeah, the um the combat simulator is what they called the uh 
multiplayer, which is a cool way to do it because then you're basically saying, oh, yeah, this is all VR and you're not actually killing these people and you're not actually killing you know the agents and the aliens and stuff. It's all a simulator. Um, but then it also lets you set up and customize like like no tomorrow. <laughs> oh my gosh, still the best. So many options. Local multiplayer, I think, probably ever. I mean, time splitters comes close with its amount of options, but I yeah. still don't even think that cuts quite as close as what uh, Perfect Dark does with a local multiplayer setup. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Uh, it, it, it really is. Specify There's every single weapon that appears in the level. Yeah, swap, by location. <laughs> create an army of bots. Give each one distinct difficulty levels and personalities, and yeah, then define AI. what each character, each bot looks like. Right, and with body, and then you can choose the head separately. I mean, it was just, it was absolutely insane the amount of options, and then it wasn't just like you know, kill, and and you know the. Goldeneye had a few options as far as like license to kill and stuff like that, but this one had like one hit kill, slow motion, fast movement, display. Uh, no, that's the option. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the um, oh no, these are the uh, so yeah, uh, mobile hill, king of the hill, pop a cap, hacker central, hold the briefcase, regular combat. Um, those are the options, <laughs> uh, and it was just yeah, it was insane. Lots of levels, including three from Goldeneye. That were mm-hmm. re retextured. Um, the best three. The best three, yeah. Basically. Complex <laughs> temple and facility. Yep. Such good levels. Yep. Facility is my go-to. I'm really, I'm always, I was kind of sad they didn't like they they brought these two level two of those levels temple and facility into Perfect Dark Zero, but they never did complex, which I thought was sad because I love complex. It might I actually be my favorite of the three. I'm gonna have to play more Perfect Dark Zero. That's oh. how little I've played a Perfect Dark Zero. Yeah, no, uh, Facility and Temple are in multiplayer. Um, it was originally cool. added as a DLC pack, but it's it's oh. the Platinum Hits version of the 360 uh, mm-hmm. version included them, and the Rare Replay version has them as well. Yeah, all the Rare Replay versions yep. of all the games included all the DLC for all of them. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's not... I guess there's not much more to talk about than that, that there was just so many options and right. um, scenarios that you could kind of create or yeah. do. I mean, I'm sure and, we and could you go could play into by yourself. Yeah. Like, that was really cool. If we had more time, we could probably talk about personal memories, but I don't think we have really enough time to even yeah. get started on that. Um, I, I mean, I can real quick do one was just going to different levels and using the, um, Oh, is it the Slayer? The one where you mm-hmm. could like remote fly a rocket like in first person? Mm-hmm. Fly by wire? Right, um, right. And so I, I used to go and explore the levels using that. And, you know, you could kind of clip through the higher parts of levels that didn't have ceilings. And um, it was really cool. And I got really, really good at doing that. <laughs> yeah, I... I I, ha- I pl- ended up playing it a lot with either by myself or just me and my brother because I didn't really have friends so <laughs> 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 didn't do much four player um, but I I had so much fun with the bot settings and I used to love to um, like I can't oh could could you name the bots I can't remember if you could I don't think you could could you um no they, yeah. they like based on the AI they had gave them the name yeah that's what I thought but I remember what I did is that I would at least I would try to assemble hybrid and body uh, combinations that like actually resembled like either real or fictional characters and come up with like different teams 
Like, nice. Like I had one that was like you know Nintendo versus Sega. I think I had one <laughs> that was like Republicans versus Democrats. I did like all these little rivalries with different bot sets. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Team, teams is another thing that was. It was so much fun. Yeah, I forgot about that. You could kind of group them by color, you know, like yep. the red team, blue team, so, yellow team. Yeah, so you, could, I, I had, as on points, I had like four different teams because I think I had attempted to do one for like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sega when I was really <laughs> excited about GameCube. The console War. Yeah, I did yeah. that. I, I, I was really into the console wars. I even did a really, um, this is not perfect dark related. It was to show how much of a nerd I was in back then. <laughs> um, you probably never played the Heroes of Might and Magic uh, computer games, but no, I did my own custom it. console war scenario, and I spent hours working on it, and had all the heroes be named after different figures from different consoles, and the cities were named after the consoles. So you'd go assault the Dreamcast city and have to battle like Sonic and Knuckles and stuff. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a problem, but <laughs> probably still do. But yeah, good times. Good yeah. times. That's um, awesome. So I I don't know. We can kind of maybe just touch on some of the weapons that we really liked. We don't have to go through all of them. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, mall, dual maulers and AR thirty four. I think mm-hmm. my go to. Okay. Yeah, I love those I always, a lot. I, I mean, I use the far sight a lot, but it's kind of it's kind of cheap in multiplayer. Yeah, um, we didn't. I think most times I played it, I didn't. I only put the far sight on very rare, rarely because it, 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 it makes the game pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I used to. I loved putting it in like the facility and going to that 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 room that's at the very end of the like scientist labs. Mm-hmm. If you just stay there, like the AI will never get to you. <laughs> like, right. Because as long as you got the far sight, like if they're coming down the corridor towards you in the nearest one, like it's just a straight shot. So. It um, the X-ray gun that shoots through walls. In case you haven't played or didn't hear us talk mm-hmm. about it last episode, um, no, my it, my go-to is often the laptop gun, just because it could be deployed as a remote sentry gun. Mm-hmm. Um, just such a cool feature. But like, I would I would kind of set it up in a corner, or I'd, I'd get in a corner and set it up to kind of defend my location, and it was it was highly effective <laughs> um, unfortunately it would run out of ammo so what you do is deploy it and then try to collect more of the ammo and mm-hmm. then once it ran out you could pick it back up and redeploy it and it would have uh, full ammo again so oh yeah. you do that that was a fun gun too yeah, i had a lot of gun. fun with uh, proximity mines as well yeah that, i mean always like proximity always. remote and whatever like those, those grenades um did everyone just did bouncy grenades? Yes, <laughs> bouncy <laughs> grenades was a thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Secondary function of the grenades, they would just bounce around like. Choo, choo, choo. Oh, that was that oh, was fun man. to get in like a big open arena and <laughs> just everybody have bouncy grenades. The nuke too was a weird one because it wouldn't really kill you. It would just make you like visually seasick, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and it was a really cool effect when it went off. <laughs> so me and my friends would do like nukes and bouncy grenades or nukes and you know slappers or whatever but it was oh yeah that's <laughs> pretty, pretty so fun. much fun so many combinations it's just like yeah they knew how to make local multiplayer the most fun experience they could yeah and sadly that's something we don't really have as much anymore because we've you know kind of gone away from yeah. that and in some ways i do kind of understand it because it's like i try to think of how often there's actually people over at my house to play local multiplayer with right and yeah <laughs> it changed I, the world we were in 
I, I miss all the options because yeah. when you think of like the more popular online shooters right now, which I guess Halo still lets you do some of this customization or maybe more at this point. I'm not sure. I haven't played it in a while. Um, the newer ones, but, um, but like call of duty being the de facto one, you, you choose your loadout for you and you kind of get one or two guns to always have with you. Right. But, you know, which if you think about it, it's like, yeah, when you're playing perfect dark, you'd probably go and find your favorite gun and just use that. But to kind of have the, pick up locations and everybody kind of starts unarmed and a lot of different things really change the feel of how the multiplayer is and I, I would love to play a modern perfect dark which maybe that's what halo 5 is and i just need to pick that up but um not so much no okay halo 5 doesn't even have split screen well okay not local multiplayer but the um the customizable multiplayer side. i mean yeah there's some stuff i don't think it's as much as the i haven't really played with it the customize stuff that much okay but to me like the customizing stuff is what you do when you have um people over and you can't even do that even if you can do custom games it's like right. you're gonna make a custom game then invite all your online friends into the party you know That's bummer. <laughs> yeah okay gotcha. yeah it's i don't know it's not yeah, quite I the miss, same I experience miss, <laughs> i miss the old days but yeah yeah, I think I think there needs to be like a better way to sort of merge the old system into the new online system. Yeah, I. I Problem is just because of like you know because everyone's so obsessed with XP and progression and stuff in their games is that right? No one's gonna play custom, but so right. I always wish there was a way to make it so it's like every match is a custom match. Like yeah. say the winner or the match or something gets to like set the rules, and you know, but still all match made. You know. Yeah. Not just everyone be obsessed with their KL death ratio as much as they are now. Right. <laughs> Maybe right. not even track that so people don't obsess over it. Right. I don't well, know. Well, yeah. You should always track it. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I would love to see Dan Buster make a modern, you know, a modern take on their old style of game of the time splitters and the golden eyes. Yeah. Because it, I'm not sure what the hell happened with that latest release but it was kind of a mess from what i heard I i've heard it's gotten it better Homefront: the revolution thank you i, I still <laughs> want to pick it up after um this we still technically cover it and i know the patches yeah, we should, have we supposedly should. done wonders yeah we and should I know a lot of the complaints it. was that it w- was the technical issues and there's still time splitters levels inside of it in arcade machines which right. makes me happy that, that's cool um but, yeah no we, I, I think it's on clearance because it didn't sell well so we should I'll pick it up. Yeah, and I hope they. I think now, hopefully, maybe they'll get Ben M. Dam Buster will actually be able to do something. Yeah, with not like to home see front kind of... or helping make the multiplayer component to Crisis, which is like all they've been doing right, lately. Yeah. And Homefront was like their first game they made themselves entirely since like Haze, back in like Jeez. 2006. Right. So. Now I'm hoping that maybe they'll get to create their own thing and not use like an IP that's been shoved on top of them. Right. That would be cool. So, I hope yeah. so. Um But yeah, I think I think we've kind of covered everything major from Perfect Dark. Yep. We definitely haven't gone into every little nook and cranny, but I don't think that that's necessary. We can no, cover the we're we're on the three parts. Stuff. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anything else that you have to add? I I don't think so. I think I'm good. I really want to see Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, That's you what I have to, to add. Make sure you're well rested. It sounds like you're well rested, and I'm trying <laughs> to cram the prequel. I haven't finished the prequel novel yet. I'm trying to cram through it. Ooh, this yeah, right before we go, I should be able to make Speed it. Read. That's gonna be close. I got up early and I've been reading since I got up. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have all yeah. the information going in. Yeah, I don't want to cut it too close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have like a. 
Well, it's it's I'm seeing it at 3:15, and I got to leave probably since the roads are still a little iffy. It takes about 35 minutes to get there, so maybe want to leave like at least 45 minutes before the show time. Yeah. So oh, yeah, okay. so I got got a couple hours, two or three hours probably before <laughs> okay. I have to start thinking about that. So. <laughs> well, cool. I'm jealous. I I really want to go see it. I just haven't been able to. Yeah. Um. Find a way. Yeah. Sell your kidney. Cool. Walk I have no idea what the rest of my day is. I gotta go take a car into the shop. So awesome. Yay. While your car is being repaired, you can stuff. go see uh, Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'll, everything's sold out. I'm sure. <laughs> That's why you just assault someone outside the theater and take their tickets. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> there you go. Alrighty. Well. <laughs> Okay, thanks everybody right. for tuning into the Perfect Dark Spotlight series. Yep. Hopefully you made it through all three. Yep. I, I hope you're still here and think we're not really boring. So, <laughs> yeah. They Bye guys, don't. have a good weekend. <laughs> have a good weekend, everybody. Take care. Bye. <laughs>